Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 115, Wednesday, August the 2nd, 2023. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole, of course, on the show as well as we get set to do a deep dive into the 2023 capper of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, uh, the Summer Nationals at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Yeah, you're laughing at that, aren't you, Davey? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I got it. I'm on it. <laughs> Summer Nationals at Newcastle Motorsports Park this past weekend, July 27th to 30th. Rounds five and six of the six-round championship. We'll dive into it. Before we do, let's uh, present the sponsor of today's show, Acceleration Cart Racing. Acceleration Cart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and cart racers uh, ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shopakr.com. Yeah, big shout out to Acceleration Karting. And David, if I'm not mistaken, I just saw on social media, I think we uh, tweeted it out or shared it that... Uh, yeah, they got they got a bunch more stuff in stock right now. Acceleration, right? Briggs engines, Microns, you name it. Briggs engines, Microns, and then package that up with uh, some of the in stock four cycle chassis they have right. available, and you can save some money. That's it. I saw that. All. I just I literally just saw that before we came on. So that's good. Yeah, acceleration with, with Briggs two hundred sixes back in stock. Uh, let's dive into this, Dave. Supercarts USA Summer Nationals, great weekend uh, in terms of competition, unbelievably close championships, old school shifter cart racing, especially the masters category with guys up front, you know, battling back and forth. It was some amazing racing there. Bottom line is they wrapped up the 14th edition of this championship series. It started all the way back in 2010. They'll look forward now to celebrating the 15th edition of the pro tour next year. Uh, pretty human weekend. I can tell you this from a guy who was in the behind the wheel in a driver's suit all weekend. It was hot. <laughs> I believe you lost weight over the weekend. I actually didn't because I ate a lot of food uh, during the well, weekend. Well, I don't even, yeah, but you were you were pretty close there on weight there on Sunday. At, I was. After final. <laughs> I, had, I had a five-pound weight on the cart. That was it. And I think I came across the line at, I was actually, two. I think, 394 coming across the line. We filled her up pretty good with fuel before the main event on Sunday. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you walked out of a building and you just began to sweat. So that was the feeling Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday was a little bit better in terms of the humidity percentage, but, you know, still pretty a warm day, uh, you know, with temperatures nearing the 90 degree. I think we were only in the 85 as for a high, but but really the focus was the the precipitation and the storms that hit the area. Friday, we had a delay for lightning, so that stopped practice for a little bit yeah like right we, after, right after my session david because i remember coming down the straightaway from i-70 down into the scoreboard corner and a huge lightning bolt <laughs> was yeah. right in front of me it was far enough away we didn't go immediately red but yeah i saw a big lightning bolt i knew i knew we were going to be delaying before it was all said and done yeah i think x30 junior went on track and the, the lightning got closer and closer yeah. so they delayed things and then uh once once the lightning was gone uh some people took advantage of the wet weather or wet track, so got on track and got some wet laps before it eventually dried out for uh, the remainder of the day. But it was a Sunday mor- or Saturday morning storm uh, that rolled through the area that yeah. really just put ha- wreaked havoc on the paddock, tearing up a number of tents and easy ups and and put you know damaging damaging equipment under those tents as well. So 
Uh, you know, Supercarts USA did the great good thing of, of putting in a two hour delay to start things off. So we didn't start till 10 a.m., allowing those who did suffer damage to get time to be, get set up, readjusted, re, you know, figure everything out. Like Magic Cart USA, they actually moved all of their stuff under the. Uh, um, it's like a pavilion. Well, the, kind of the, thing, the pavilion, right? yes, yeah. that is that is there uh, alongside the grid. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of. A lot of teams chipped in. It was, you know, again, the good part of karting. Everybody's willing to chip in, help out where needed, you know, providing easy ups, equipment, whatever anybody needed. Uh, the paddock was there to to help those that needed any assistance. So uh, thankfully, we got through that. It was a long, made for a long day because we didn't <laughs> realize it until uh, arriving to the racetrack because uh, we didn't have the alerts set on our phones yet. So, um, made for a long day, but we got through it. Everybody, uh, you know, bounced back and, and Sunday was a, a cleaner day in terms of schedule. We got through the schedule much better. And uh, again, with the better weather, not as humid, not as hot. So yeah, shout out David, all those teams, like you said, when we did arrive, kind of came around the corner from Rawlson performance group over by the, uh, the scales where speed concepts racing was set up. And by the time I got there to see the kind of, you know, to kind of have a look at the, the carnage myself, Mike Rawls was already there with a bunch of the Rawls and performance group guys. I think the entire team from GFC, Gary Carlton was there. His guys were there. Everybody was jumping in. I know when it was all said and done, Chad Dawkin came over to talk uh, with a couple of guys from SCR saying, Hey, listen, don't throw your stuff out. I know guys that can, that can fix your tents. They can fix your, you know, the actual awning uh, steel, the, you know, the aluminum parts of the awning. So man, everybody was just jumping in. And that, like you said, David, just to put a cap on that. Uh, and I'm, you had mentioned it to me at one point too. Uh, it was just cool to see of all the battling of all, you know, these guys can be screaming and yelling at each other at the scales or on the sidelines. But when it all comes down to it, when push comes to sh the shove, the Cardi community is a family and they most definitely stepped up for each other uh, on Saturday morning. Yes. And it really two sections. It was kind of that area where speed concepts was. And then in the back area were magic cart USA, yeah. super tune USA factory carts, um, Mar the Marinello guys as well to, to Sora Raceworks completely yeah. lost their tent. Um, you know, so they worked all weekend without, or all, all Saturday and Sunday without tents, uh, in the back part there. So, uh, yeah, a number of people. So again, everybody was helping each other out when, when they, when they could, but it was really just the two sections. It almost like, you know, the wind bounced off certain trailers and buildings and just funneled its way through certain sections of the paddock. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into the buy the numbers as we always do. The Winter Nationals kick things off in Orlando uh, with 226 entries, dipping down to 187 on the Trek West uh, to Utah for the Spring Nats. And then uh, 206, I think we were, David, as the pre-entry coming into the Summer Nationals. 10 walk-ups. You never know if there's any cancellations as well. They ended up with 216, so actually a pretty solid total uh, to cap off the uh, the summer nationals, uh, good numbers in the in the cadet categories, twenty four and thirty two in micro and mini, respectively. Uh, again, we hope to get ten drivers in the KA one hundred master. We ended up with eight, but it was fun to have those masters guys out there, and we really I, I had a great time with the guys. They were just a really good group of guys to run with. But then again, we saw the forty seven strong in KA one hundred junior, which was great, and twenty four pro shifters, the most pro shifters on the year, twenty four in total. And that was some great racing for sure. Yeah, it's the summer race has been been kind of the the, the shifter race. You know, yeah. Midwest still has racers that are involved, and in, and in, in Newcastle certainly helps 
you know, bring people from Texas like Chris Jennings uh, in Master Shifter. So because that was the largest we've seen with 10 yeah. in that category as well, too. So 34 shifters in total, they actually split them up for the main events. Uh, so that helped out, you know, with, uh, you know, the master's drivers not getting in the way of pro shifter or losing laps because they're getting black flagged off. Agreed. Yeah. So that certainly helped with that. So kind of put a focus on them and it, and really both days was a great race and in that category. And of course, pro shifter drama was just, uh, probably one of the best we've seen in the 14 year oh. history of the pro tour. Literally that the championship came down to the final lap. A couple of passes, just like the championship going back and forth. Xander and I thought we had it locked for Billy Musgrave. He got passed by Talon Yako. We'll get to that. But like just seven seven points separate the top four drivers in Pro Shifter at the end of the season. Amazing. Loved it. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, uh, but, that yeah overall, overall with the numbers, you know, again, 200. That's, that's where you want to be over yeah. that mark. You know, we had 56 cadet racers there. So, again, strong number in that. Yep. Even though X30 Jr. was only at 14, it was still great racing. And we saw a number, a couple of drivers make their debut in that class. So, again, it, it's almost like the all-star class, almost the all-star division for junior racing is the X30 Jr. category. So, yeah. And looking at it, right? Micro Swift matching its best at 24. Mini Swift uh, was middle, at 42 to start out with, right? Uh, you go to K100 Jr., most K100 Juniors on the season for the Pro Tour at 47. Uh, just one down at KA 100 senior. They were 34 in Utah, 33 at, at, at Newcastle. The most pro shifters and the most master shifters. So there were a number of categories that had the most drivers on the weekend. So all told, I think a pretty successful summer nationals for Scooter to cap off the 14th edition of the program. Yeah, great exclamation point for the season and, and looking ahead to what you know they keep anticipating to be one of the largest super nationals ahead. So uh, the numbers keep building. So it's good. Yeah, good momentum. Love it. All right, first commercial break, folks. We'll get back. Time to dive into the panic pass. David was busy uh, on the Thursday and Friday getting all that information. We'll go over that when we get back. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. It all started in my parents' garage. That's the foundation 
for MPG Motorsports, which grew from a small home garage in Indiana into one of the top race teams and car shops in the industry. A true passion for motorsports runs deep in the DNA of MPG, which has developed strong connections within karting. Now based at the Whiteland Raceway Park in central Indiana, MPG Motorsports offers a wide range of opportunities through its race team while providing a full-service kart shop as an official dealer for the Kart Republic brand. The MPG Motorsports race team is led by ownership partner and karting champion Chase Jones and provides full trackside service and driver development. Be part of the MPG program at the USPKS, Stars Championship Series, and Route 66 Sprint Series events with arrive and drive opportunities available at those programs, as well as at the Whiteland Club races this season. A new 3,500 square foot shop is now open at the Whiteland Raceway Park in Whiteland, Indiana, and is the new home of MPG Motorsports. This new headquarters will provide local and regional racers with a full service race shop that provides a wide range of parts and supplies to racers, including the full chassis line of the Car Republic brand. For more, head to mpg-motorsports.com and follow us on social media. Let MPG Motorsports take your motorsports career in the direction of your choice. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to episode number 115 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Coles. We're talking about the Supercarts USA Summer Nationals final round of the Pro Tour at Newcastle Motorsports Park this past weekend. Time to jump into the Paddock Pass, having gotten things underway in the opening segment. Today's Paddock Pass presented by Odenthal Racing Products. Motor mounts are critical in optimizing 100% of your engine's power to get you on the podium each and every time you hit the track. Odenthal best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, and they provide products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Check out their Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines and their four-cycle Easy Set for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Head to odenthalracing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. All right, David, you uh, rolled out five pretty cool bits there for Paddock Pass uh, on Thursday and Friday. Let's uh, let's dive into it a little bit. Yeah, one of the first topics I did was national or reverse. We uh, we just came off the USPKS weekend that was on the national layout. Supercarts USA utilizing the national reverse layout for the second straight year. So kind of just kind of get a feel for the top level drivers, what they thought and which they preferred. 
and it was unique in the in the X30 senior category. It was one preferred the national and four re- preferred the reverse direction. So right. that was a. Uh, and then in pro shifter, it was split two to three. So two of the drivers or two of the drivers selecting the national layout and three selecting the reverse. So I think the reverse pretty much has the uh, advantage in terms of uh, the preferred layout. Uh, and, and, and looking at just a small pool of 10 yeah. drivers that we took, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know, for us, you know, you drove it and I, I, I haven't driven it, but I just, just the watching it and the way it uh, racing unfolds with it. I, I think the reverse direction is almost the way to go now at Newcastle. It's interesting because you know, I've, I've driven most of the national, obviously running the CKNA Grand Nationals, but for a little bit of a change. Um, I don't know that I would lean either way or the other, to be honest with you. And, and I've, re- I've run them in different carts, obviously, but maybe the same machine or I'd have a different opinion. But I, I think they both have their merits, right? And I think you're 30, you're, you're three, seven, right? 30% in those 10 people you talk to like national, 70% like reverse. Um, I think the big difference, David, is the way they race, right? Because it's all about the finish and kind of cut, you know, the, the last moves you make, right? If it's, you're running national, you've got the dot, you know, you've got the, the run all the way, you know, into the, into the, what do you call it? The scoreboard corner, the big run down to I-70 and then the big drag race of the line. You don't have that when you're going reverse, right? That's early in the well, lap. Everything else is kind of stacked into the, the second half of that race, uh, that racetrack. And because the track is designed as the national layout, when you go in reverse, there's no curbing on exits. So that was yeah. one of the, I know <laughs> that was, so the one driver who picked national was Harley Keeble for Sodi racing USA. Okay. He said, unless they put in exit curbs, it would be a hundred percent reverse, but oh, wow. because they don't, it's national. So here's a guy, international driver used to curbing, right? Yeah. Where yeah. here in the U S we didn't have curbing for the longest time. True. You know, curbing was something that was like, uh, just, just never used, never utilized on, on, especially old school racetracks. Like you look at, you know, Badger and South Bend, a lot of them didn't even begin with, with curbing and they eventually put them in and yep. really the curbing at Newcastle used to be just uh, dragon teeth and it, nobody wanted to touch those things. That's so, right. Stay away from that. Right. <laughs> right. So, and, and, and Ryan Norberg stated this on the weekend as well too. He likes the reverse because there is no curbing because you there's no room for error if you make a mistake you're going you're dropping a wheel so that's very so there's that side of things and and on the flip side you talk to marnie kremers he likes reverse and shifter but in single speed he likes it in national so (laughs) uh you know so that that that's 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 the unique part of it and then you have the wild cards like billy musgrave he said he he prefers a super mile with a ski jump but, he liked the super mile. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I said I, that wasn't an option, so you had to pick one or the other. So, <laughs> hey, one I, of the big. Oh, I'm not a fan of the ski jump. I'll, I'll say that I like I like the idea of watching. Did you run carts. the ski? Have you have you run the ski jump? Yeah, we did it at the Brit the uh, oh, the year the year I wasn't there. I don't think I did well, it. Yeah, you didn't run that. Yes, that's, that's correct. Yeah, because you've only been there twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I was not it. a fan. I mean, although. It does set up for a good passing opportunity when you come back onto the the, uh, the regular racetrack. It's just, it just, I don't know. It just seemed like, especially in Briggs racing, there's not a lot of drivers who pay attention to what's going on, yeah. including Masters. And <laughs> you go over there, over that, and they just have no clue of what's on the other side. So, <laughs> hey, listen, 
one of the things you did on the weekend as well, obviously some time before we really got into, you know, crazy busy racing, you had a chance to, to talk with uh, Neil Strickland, some guys from Scuza. What did you, what did you, what did you dig up regarding 2024? I wasn't able to dig up at my very much of anything. Uh, All right. Um, All right. I thought you know, maybe- they're kind of keeping, keeping the lips sealed on, on exactly what, uh, what racetracks they're planning on for, for 2024. But uh, they hope to have things kind of finalized in the next couple of weeks to be able to announce where they're going to be going. Um, you know, obviously, they still have a relationship with Newcastle Motorsports Park. So that's still going to be on the schedule for 2024. Um, and, and again, they're looking at, at the options they have down for the Scusa Winter Series program. That's now three events, but also continuing with the three Pro Tour events. So six races they have basically on the quote unquote national schedule. Uh, next year that uh, you got to figure Newcastle is at least one of them. I don't think it's going to be in January, but uh, it'll be one of the races. Uh, so that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. And also talked with Eric Jones of IAMI USA East. They're, they're all in on the, on the IAMI Grand National Championship program uh, for 2024. Okay, He's in the early stages of planning for that. So obviously the schedule is starting to fill up really quick. But the the support that they have with the event at Trackhouse Motorplex is uh, is is strong. So they're looking at where they're going to be able to fit that in. Yeah, you know, listen, it's it's old school. You go back to the you know the start of the ICAP Grand Nationals, whatever it may be, WK Grand Nationals. People like one off races. There's something there's something about one off races too, right? It, you, you want to run a national series, you want to go for a big championship, but that one off you can just go in and, and leave as the, as the number one guy. That's something that that's something that's happened for for decades in the sport. Well, plus they have unique, you know, the shootout races. So they definitely it's make something it different. Yeah. It's yeah. not another race. So that, yeah. again, you know, just like Supernats, it's not another race. It's Supernats. And it's the Supernats. That's WK exactly Daytona right. Cart Week. It's not another race. It's yeah. Daytona. So, um, you know, when you when you have when it, when you have an event at like track of Trackhouse Motorplex where there's carts on track every single day of the week, it's something unique with having those shootouts at night and racing under the lights. So. Again, you got to have something that kind of helps stand out. And, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's move to the next one. I agree with you 100%. One of the cool things that happened this weekend, and you know, obviously, you know, I was kind of brought in and we, to, to help see if we can get some guys come run uh, the KA100 Master Class. One of the guys that was supposed to come but couldn't because of an issue back at the track was Sean Bailiff. He was going to come out and run. I was really looking forward to running it against Sean, but he was also able to convince Adam Pettit to come run in the K100 Master category. We've seen him many years in the in the national level masters class with his solo kart USA program, but they they've really, you know, obviously Adam and his son Travis jumping into with with Trinity Karting Group and that's the whole connection with Sean Bailiff. That was a really cool weekend. Adam Pettit racing in the K100 Masters, Travis of course had some great success ended up winning uh, on Sunday in his category, the mini swift class, but to have the father and son weekend, both those guys under the tent. I know that Adam only ran on Saturday, but not on Sunday, wanted to focus on being there for Travis, but it was just so cool to see them both there. Yeah. It's, it's tough to do that. You it know, is. uh, that's probably why it's never hasn't happened before. I think, you know, I think, you know, when, when Travis probably first started, I think they said, well, Adam hadn't been in the seat for two years. So that was part of the, part of the deal, you know, yeah. because he's, turned his focus on Travis's program. So again, it's not something you see a lot at the national level. I know we have in the past was like the lame father and son with Josh and, and, and Lance, but um, you don't see that very too often because the parents are, are they're all in on what the kids 100%. Uh, performances are, you know, I, 
again, if maybe if the schedule was a little bit different, if they weren't back to back, it might have been a little bit easier for Travis to do that or for Adam to do it. But uh, having, you know, your race, your class and then mini swift right or mini swift was right before you guys so uh yeah right before was a little, we were on the a little grid. more difficult for yeah. uh for you guys for him to do that well but, poor, uh, poor adam sitting there watching it from the sidelines right just yeah. losing it and that's why when when we rolled up I, for, on sunday to be, to be honest i think yeah. he does that no matter what i think so too. well i was gonna say <laughs> on sunday when he didn't run he was at the far end of the grid you know we're all re- getting ready to go up on the front of the grid he's at the far end of the grid and i'm watching him just absolutely pacing going back and forth and then when travis of course came for the win he was bent over hand in his head he was just the emotion of the of the, the father watching the son get that first big national win was big and that's just so many layers of having the pettits there first off adam racing with travis on the same weekend then of course travis having the ultimate success on, on sunday really really cool and there you know obviously Adam's such a great guy, and so is Travis. Is such a cool young kid too. It's it was awesome to see. It was, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's what karting is about: having fun at the racetrack, but also you know enjoying the success that you do earn. That's it. That's it. One of the big uh, things we were watching all weekend long was Keelan Harvick, uh, David, making his X30 Junior debut. He's obviously done well in the micro mini categories over the last couple of years. I've uh, been re- racing overseas a bit, but at 11 years eight of age, he makes his uh, debut in junior and he was very quick. No doubt about that. Yeah, he made it his first start at the IMA USA Grand National Championship. Yeah. So this was his first Scusa weekend Scusa debut. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. With uh, in the X30 junior category. So it's you it's a unique situation. You know, he certainly has been uh, putting in a lot of laps racing in Europe in in the mini category. Uh, WSK and, and any other events that they, they can get on the schedule, but also coming back over here to race in the legends car and, uh, and get uh, some of that oval experience under his belt to, to help him in his progression up the motorsports ranks. But, you know, jumping in the X30 junior category is something unique. It's a full size cart. So uh, hopefully he's going to grow a couple more inches because the, the <laughs> unique, the unique part, I don't know if you saw it, Rob was I the, did. The pedal extensions, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the pedal extensions. With uh, Rolleston Performance Group and uh, Jonathan Kodik, uh, you know, still working with him as a, a driver coach, but also Brady Ager as the mechanic. So, um, yeah, that was a unique. They're, they're still looking at trying to fine-tune the uh, the pedal extensions to make it make it uh, feel more comfortable. But, yeah, hopefully he goes through a growing spurt. They uh, they think he is because he's eating and sleeping a lot. So, uh, <laughs> so they, they hope to see him grow at least a – few more inches to make that uh the pedal extensions a little bit better oh well, it's funny because i talked to delana in, under the under the tent for a bit and she, we were la- we were talking about the fact that that uh, both her and kevin are, are drilling it into keelan that he's got to get in the gym he's got to get stronger right that's one of the biggest things going from that smaller cart uh, smaller wheelbase to a full-size junior cart his arms were tired i guess after after the uh the grand nationals down at um at track house he was wore out the art the, t- the arms were tired and i you know I, and she knows it and i told him i said listen Every step up the ranks, you're going to have to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, number one, he's eating a lot of food, getting a lot of sleep, hitting the gym as well. <laughs> because it's, it ain't easy driving an X30 Junior, I'll tell you that. Just driving, yeah, just driving X30, period. I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. at, look at the look at you Masters guys. You're bailing out on the, on the 125s. You got to go 100cc. I have to. My God, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of K100 Juniors, we talked about it a little earlier. Um, Aspen Green for Green, they were the biggest category. Uh, so they they got the uh, the nod for the Aspen Green for Green for K100 Junior. And dude, that's a lot of cash up for grabs. $6,000 spread over the, you know, the combined results over the two days, right? 
Yeah, it was six thousand dollars for combining the uh, the weekend total. Three thousand to the winner, two thousand a second, and one thousand to first. But they had to have the Aspen shirt on Sunday for the podiums, which all three drivers did. They did, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was good, good prize money put out there. Yeah, Ernesto Rivera walking away with the big cash. It was Ernesto Rivera, Max Taylor, and Diego Ardiles were the three drivers, right? I think we're overall on that category. I believe. I believe so. Yes, I believe. So. I, I know it was all cosmic or uh, RPG awesome. drivers. Yeah, yeah. RPG. So, I, that, so yeah, I think six, that's what it was. Six grand. Big shout out to Aspen Fuels for putting that money in for the Green for Green, and good job for K100 Junior. Of course, lots of success and, and popularity in that category. All right, so we've got things rolling with the intro. Talked about the by the numbers, laid out David's paddock pass. When we get back after this break, time to dive into the race report. We'll go X30 Senior, uh, Pro Shifter, and KA100 Senior after this break. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodicart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line, or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA Network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TB Kart. Cartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Cartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram, or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV kart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. Race Lab, race with us, win with us. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand, the company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since two thousand three, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business 
Stockholm Karting Center in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Kartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Kartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone, or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network and the EKN Podcast Program. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, episode 115. It's August the 2nd. Talking about the Supercarts USA Summer Nationals, the finale of the Pro Tour for 2023 held this past weekend at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Time to jump into the race report presented today by Blaze Coaching. Take your performance behind the wheel to the next level with Blaze Coaching. Utilize Blaze's online one-on-one coaching program from pro race car drivers and karting superstars. They will develop a personalized program for you with direct connection to your coach through onboard video reviews to help you gain those extra tenths and reach your goals on the track. Any cart, any circuit, when and where you need it. Blaze will be there to help. Uh, start getting faster today by visiting blaze.io slash karting. Again, yeah, big thank you to Blaze Coaching for being one of our sponsors of this uh, uh, podcast show. Uh, David, let's jump into X30 Senior, presented by Speed Concepts Racing. I'll throw out the headline. You and I can start filling things in. Here's the headline for X30 Senior. Turney completes championship performance with two wins. Turney, turney, turney. That I mean, <laughs> that, that was pretty much has been the story of 2023 here yeah. in single speed competition. Uh, and especially at Supercar USA Pro Tour, you guys got to see him in Orlando make uh, make his or back to Scusa Winter Series actually make his Cart Republic debut and yep. Scusa debut there and, and turn it into a championship there and then go to Pro Tour and win in Orlando, win in Utah. And so essentially he was in the driver's seat for the championship uh, heading into Newcastle, got the 10 bonus points for finishing uh, on top of the time charts and qualifying. But Norberg, looking for that elusive first win of 2023, uh, was able to creep in and grab the prefrontal win. Early flighting in the main event. That's essentially what defined this race as uh, you had Mateus Morgado and Blake Nash and Ryan Norberg up there with Turney. Yeah. Eventually, Turney was able to get by <clears throat> Norberg. I think Mor- Morgado got in and challenged uh, for that second spot. Nash was in there kind of mixing it up. And so they're fighting, again, as we've seen before, allowed Turney to get a little bit of a gap and he turned that gap into a pretty sizable lead uh, over the next few laps. And just from that was able to just drive away to, uh, to what was his 
uh, third victory of the season on the Pro Tour. Yeah, they were not working together behind Turney. That is for sure. Everybody wanted to be up front. Nobody wanted to push. It just obviously at that point, it really came down to the battle for the final couple of spots on the podium. 1.716 was the margin of victory for Turney as he pulled away. Norberg was able to get to second. Morgato third. Uh, Haynes, uh, Dalton Haynes did a great job with the Alonso card coming off a really good run. So he ends up uh, at down at track house at the Grand Nationals was able to put together some sponsorship package to be able to come. So shout out to Haynes finishing in fourth spot as he worked his way forward too. He wasn't really in the fight. He had to scrap his way forward, which was great. Nash ends up uh, in the fifth spot, all told hard charger goes to Caleb Gaffera on the LN racing cart, uh, working with the guys from uh, Brandon Jarsa crack racing and Mike Doty racing. Uh, started in 11th spot, able to get himself up into sixth. So it was a kind of an up and down weekend for, for Gaffera, but a solid sixth on Saturday. Yeah, he passed a lot of carts on the weekend because uh, even though he didn't get hard charger on Sunday, he got shuffled back and, and I think made up probably 10 spots at least in that main event. Yeah, tried to run the outside coming into turn number, whatever it is, three, I guess we'll yeah. call it, right? Scoreboard. T- the, tire, the tires weren't staggered special. <laughs> it just didn't need it. He had massive. I think he got help, though, too. <laughs> he, he, probably, he got roughed up a little bit, but he was trying the outside move, right? Yeah. Uh, rolling in on Sunday, David, you know, you know the, the calculations are out. We all know what people have to do. Norberg knows he's got to essentially sweep the weekend. I sweep the day on Sunday, round six. He ends up qualifying on the pole position, but that was it in terms of Norberg being P1 at the end of any of the sessions. Yeah, you know, Norbert got that those 10 points, so it helped, yeah. but it was Turney coming back with the pre-final win, and I believe Norberg was second. So uh, going into the main event, I want to say it was a tenth or better that Turney yeah. needed in order to secure the uh, the top spot in the championship. So he, he knew that he knew the, the goal. And, uh, you know, so the way the race shaped out, he really didn't have to worry about it because it was just him and Norberg that were basically up front. I know early on. Morgado kind of challenged, actually led the first lap, but then uh, Turney and Norberg were able to get away, uh, pace themselves. I think it was uh, Norberg that led a majority of the race. Turney kind of just sat right there, but it was a great, great final lap for, was. The, for the race win. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Norberg worked uh, Turney really, really hard to, find, to, get, to get his way over uh, with an over-under to get this top spot, but it all came down to essentially the the horseshoe in the in the second part of the racetrack, right? I guess it turns nine and ten, right? Yeah, not no no eight is it eight and nine, no nine and ten. Turns nine and ten. The double left, the double left. Norberg went to the inside, got kind of the, the pass done with an over-under, pushed wide on the exit. Turney did the same coming out of the cell tower corner, did the over-under, and, and was able to get through and get the spot in in the end, it wasn't going to change the championship, but from you know, obviously for Norberg, he wanted that one win on the season. Just wasn't able to get it as, as Turney was able to get through just uh, yeah. some, some great racing between two super talented drivers at the end of the day. It was. And, you know, Norberg knows that he just left just enough space and, yeah. and that, that was the error. You know, it, if it was a half a, you know, a quarter less space, probably Turney wouldn't have been able to make that move. Uh, but he just drifted out just too far enough to allow Turney to kind of draw, dive inside on that second left-hander there. And uh, and that was it. That was the winning move. And, and Turney was able to celebrate his fourth Pro Tour victory of the season, uh, two tenths ahead of Norberg. Alessandro Tulio, a solid third-place yeah. finish. He was able to, uh, to work his way up into that third spot ahead of Morgado with Brandon Carr, who had a rough, just a rough, day or weekend until this main event 
uh, hard charger of the race, moving up 18 spots, 23rd to fifth. So uh, who was, uh, I think he was the championship leader leaving Orlando. Didn't have quite the Utah weekend to be able to keep himself in the championship chase, but was still there heading into the weekend. Saturday didn't go his way, so essentially ended his title hopes, but a, a good way to end at least with a top five finish to uh, to close out the year. We haven't seen it for a long time, Ryan Norberg not being on uh, you know, a race winner on the Pro Tour. Davis, give us some insight into that. I know that you've uh, did some diving into the old uh, uh, statistics to find out when the last time we didn't see Norberg on top yeah, of the box. Yeah, according to Xander, I went into my Excel 93 to uh, to check this out. Um <laughs> It is the uh, it's the first time that Ryan Norberg has not won uh, the Scusa Pro Tour during his tenure beginning in 2016. So seven seasons of winning at least wow. one main event on the year. It was actually in 2015 he ran USPKS, and you'll never guess. I know you can read it right now, but I bet you have never would have never guessed who he ran with back. I in wouldn't 2015. have. No, throw it out there. It was yeah. Checkered Motorsports aboard a PCR chassis. He actually won that year at South Bend uh, with Checkered Motorsports and PCR chassis in 2015. Didn't race Scusa Pro Tour until 2016. There you go. Yeah, amazing. Uh, in the championship, Turney does win by 104 markers over Ryan Norberg. So even though not getting the championship, uh, Norberg's still in the fight the whole time based on just the absolute consistency of the, of the way he was able to put together the body of work for the year. Mateus Morgado, I think, uh, showing the continued improvement for the Burrell Art crew and, uh, and PSL carding as he ends up finishing third in points, 134 back. Yeah, I, I mean, look at it, Turney. European champion, Norberg, multi-time U.S. champion, Morgado, a world champion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that just says it right there. It does. It really does, too. And three different chassis, three different manufacturers as well. Not just brands, but manufacturers. Cart Republic, Cosmic, and Burrell Art, uh, all represented in the top three. Three different engine builders as well, too. Oh, there you go. You're right. Exactly that. <laughs> so let's go to Pro Shifter, presented by PSL Karting. Here's your headline. Myers doubles up as Kremers. Claims second straight title. There's just something about Myers. He he almost should live at Newcastle as successful as he's been right. over his tenure there. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, almost a sweep for him. But it was Billy Musgrave that put in a solid qualifying lap in uh, in qualifying to set fast time. You were right there at the scales, Rob. I, was. I mean, <laughs> the emotions were high. They were. 100% where he was really, You don't want to say it? <laughs> I, well, I'm not going to say it here. No, he was he was pumped up. Because you got you listen, let's let, let's just throw let's it say real. it. Let I'm not saying it. No, oh, I was going to oh. say the swear word, but he he you know, everybody said it was the 175. That's, That's what Billy going, Musgrave yeah. on top of the podium in Orlando. Yep. And he proved the critics wrong by putting a fast lap in qualifying at Newcastle, which again hasn't been one of his better race tracks and was able to do it on the the TM uh, KZ. So, uh, yeah, he was effing happy. He was effing happy. Yeah. <laughs> Here, the one thing I always want to roll here, and I don't, those of you maybe some, some people know it. Some people don't really, but the thing about Billy, not, not only does he design these carts and he's on the track all the time for factory carts. Right? This is his own, own design. This is American made steel. This is his design, his R and D, but Billy's 33 years old. I think he told me, right? Or 32 or 33 years old, something like he's, that. He's masters eligible. He's yes. masters eligible, and that's what I thought. It's again, this is just the layers of cool factor of this whole deal. That here he is running against some of these guys. Uh, obviously, everybody's in their in their you know either late teens or 20s, and Billy's out there 
hustling around with the big dogs at 30 something over 30, which I just, and again, just the whole thing that happens is what I just think is such a great deal. We're working on, we're working on a piece free cardio news folks. It's going to be coming out soon because Billy's going to deserve some time in the, in the spotlight for sure. But in the end, like you said, puts it on the pole, uh, qualifies P one, but really from then on, AJ Myers, Mr. Newcastle steps it up once again. And uh, he was just a dominant factor for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it was, uh, he got, got away to the pre-final win and then a whole shot victory in the main event. I mean, just dominated yeah. the, the race, driving away to a 5.5 second margin of victory. Did the yawning move uh, across the line there after uh, <laughs> his performance. So I wasn't quite sure where everybody was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was 5.5 uh, margin of victory. Uh, really, it was the, a fight for second early on with Kremers. Almost, almost it seemed like he was holding everybody up. Yeah. And they eventually fell down the order. He had uh, the German driver, David Trevloff, uh, on the Marinello come through for second. Musgrave into third. So he actually got on the podium uh, for, the I think, the first time since Orlando. Uh, and then Kyle Wick and Tail and Jacko uh, rounding out the top five. But Kremers actually fell down to uh, seventh with Danny Formal slipping into sixth with the hard charger from... 21st to six after okay. pre-final issue. So to, to, to Kremers tough, credit. Yeah. To Kre- a tough weekend like he, for Kremers. For, to Kremers credit. He looked like death. Like he, like he's like, every time I looked, oh, he was just, he was he, sick. He well, he, after the main event was throwing dry heaving out uh, on the scale line. I mean, uh, they, you know, they had to bring him water and everything. Like he would like, even AJ Myers was right there with him. Like, Hey guys, can we get him some water? And you know, officials were there to yeah. kind of make sure he was doing okay. And just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just he's he said he's been he's been kind of sick for last month. Just haven't been a, you know a lot of traveling. He's That's been going true. to Europe and going to Australia, so there's a lot of travel that he's been doing. So uh, you know, hopefully he'll be uh, getting a, li- a little bit better over the next month before uh, before we head to Cincinnati. I'll say that David Trefeloff was uh, very interesting to watch, as we know, uh, on the Marinello. I think they was they were underneath the or at least part of the International Motorsports crew. That's kind of the the, the liver they had. On. S- yeah, it's a SRP Marinello race team, factory team, <laughs> race. Yeah, race team supported by International Motorsports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so he was definitely one of the disruptors. Is a term I like to use because he was right in there, end up going P two, and then he would actually yeah. play a huge role. A set, almost a huge role, right? In the championship uh, come Sunday as well. I mean, essentially, he was stealing points from all the championship contenders. Yeah. I mean, especially because we had four different drivers in the championship hunt, you know, a, 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 gaining a position on him is extra points or not getting that spot is losing points. And and so that was kind of the, uh, he was kind of the wild card on the weekend because, of course, Myers. Uh, a sweeping performance was able to go fast time and qualifying win the pre-final and, and uh, grab another whole shot victory leading all uh, 16 laps of the main event. It was actually cut two laps short because of the, uh, the false called off uh, false start. That yeah. They one had. of the drivers stalled on the grid. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so that was an interesting viewpoint too, because drivers are expecting 18 laps and then boom, all of a sudden, Two laps to go signal. Oh, what's this? I got to go now. Well, listen, if you know the rules, you should have known that in the first place. If you're a driver, you should know the rules. A lot of times you don't think about that. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, because you almost have that set number. So you're kind of mapping it on that. So it's, uh, yeah, like, we'll, 
You we'll said see. bottom line is Myers walks away to a 2.7 seconds win. So the only session he did not top was qualifying for uh, for the first race of the weekend, which Musgrave got. But the battle behind him is what is so wild, right? Kremers, you got Kremers in the middle of the fight. Kyle Wicks bat- is, is, is scrabbling. He's what? battling. Uh, it wasn't even a battle. Let's let's be honest. It was just Kremers sitting there second, Wick sitting there third, Trevelov. They weren't battling. They were just they were just driving. No around. battling whatsoever. Correct. They all were making pacing themselves, and it basically set up for a last lap maneuvers uh, for those three drivers. No, well, lay it out. It gets ugly. Yeah. So essentially, <laughs> they're coming down to scoreboard corner. Uh, make Wick makes the move on Kremers. Gets the inside. Kremers gives him enough space. Doesn't want to make the contact because, again, every position counts for championship. Uh, they go that, into did green. It, did it happen? I thought I did it happen in scoreboard. I thought it happened earlier. I thought Wick went by earlier because then no. Kremers was. Are you sure? Because I thought Kremers was pointing it at 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 Wick to get go go go. I thought. No, no. Uh, Kremers went inside Wick at at scoreboard corner. That was when the move was made. Okay. And then as they went up into the green corner, Trefloff made the move inside of him there. Yeah. And and that was, you know, drop, dropping Kremers from second to fourth, which, you know, early on would have been the, the, the issue. Because, again, every championship points matter. You asked me earlier in the race, as they were running Kremers second, Musgrave fifth, how would the points shape up if Kremers were to fall to fourth? And we looked at it. That would give Musgrave the championship if Musgrave was fifth, Kremers was fourth. Yeah, so I, just, that was, I just did. I just didn't look back at Skype again. <laughs> I know. So that we, well, no, that was the situation. That's we knew that by the halfway point because yep. that's when you. I think you asked me. Yeah. The issue was is because we're watching second, third, and fourth. Nobody's watching what Musgrave and Talon Yakal are doing. They're back in fifth and sixth. Agreed. And it looks to be like, and again, I didn't. I you know had to go back to the lap chart. Lap 13 is when Musgrave lost the fifth position. Now, I think they might have had a last lap battle, so Musgrave might have gotten the spot back during the lap, but then Yako came back. I don't know. But Kremers came across the line fourth behind uh, Kyle Wick and David Treveloff. So, we're, you know, talk, you can talk about what's going in the booth. So, so Kremers ends up fourth. No, what happened, what happened was that Xander and I shit the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can say that. We just messed it up. And, and so Yakel ended up finishing in fifth, just ahead of, of Musgrave. Let me go to, I think the gap wasn't even that much. It was yeah, a little, yeah. yeah, it was actually a, a full second. So I'm, 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 um, looking at the, I'm looking at this right now, bud, too. Uh, it was a full second. Musgrave, you're right. He got passed on lap 13 and never got no. back. So he was sixth yeah. on lap thirteen. We just we but, weren't looking at it. We were just so well. It focused. wasn't on the camera. No. You guys are out. You guys are focused on what they're showing you on the camera. Yeah, I wasn't even looking because I just assumed Musgrave was running fifth. I did too. <laughs> and I'm because I'm trying to debate. Okay, do I stay up here and calculate points? Do I go shoot photos? Do I got to do? I got to do a scale video. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. mind's going in all these different directions. <laughs> I'm not even looking at Musgrave. Oh my God, it's so hilarious! So we're all screaming like Musgraves won the championship. The American-made chassis is going to win. It's, it's won it. Blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, you're texting me you're like, "No, Musgrave lost the spot." We're like, "You gotta be kidding me!" So it was. It made for good TV, I think. The fact that Xander and I just we were again focused on what we were watching with the 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 the, the move for Trefloff to get by Kremers, moving Kremers back to P4 in our mind meant that he wasn't going to win it, and then it was right. going to go for one point. We had to correct ourselves. We figured it out. And then you came back with even more information because the crazy thing was, is not only does Musgrave on lap 13 losing, all he lost was P5. He dropped to six. Not only did he not win the championship as a result, he doesn't even get a national number plate 
because of the closeness of the championship and the points, he ends up in fourth. One spot was fourth in the championship uh, points. Well, Unbelie- well, unbelievable plus, to me. Well, but you also have to factor that Wick got points with yeah. the move. So, yeah, because Wick so went the that's, second. That's right. That, yeah. Not just losing fifth point, fifth place, you know, Wick moving up to second, that messes up that or that changes his points as well too. Yep. So it gives him more because again, 10 points going from, you know, third to second. So he gained 10 more points. So that adjusted Wick's point total, you know, 10, <laughs> 10 additional points to what it was. Musgrave loses uh, eight points yep. going from fifth to six. So again, all that basically calculates to four drivers within seven points. In the so championship. let's just throw this out there. I know this is, we probably capped this off. We're going too long, but, but it's all right. This, this is one of those deals again, when you're, let's say you're at the second race of the season, you're at the winter nationals and you're running third or you're running fourth or fifth. and You don't make that move for P4. You don't think about it, right? You know, good. I'll take it. I'm good. I didn't want to, I didn't want to risk it. That could be the difference in a championship, right? Musgrave gets one more position somewhere up. Uh, Kyle Wick, he, Kyle Wick ends up finishing one point. So, so Kremers wins the championship. Uh, Kyle Wick back by one point in second. Gulick six back in third. Musgrave seven back. If Kyle Wick makes Kyle Wick makes one more pass anywhere in the season, even even in a pre-final, he ends up potentially winning the championship as well. Or even a bonus, getting even a fast a bonus lap, point. getting a fast lap, bonus ten points, or top qualifiers ten points as well I know. too. So I know. it's amazing. It, again, that's why you know we look at these championships and every point matters. Now, obviously, if in, in one of two of the categories, it was every everything was decided by Saturday. If you're winning, you know, two or three times in four rounds, it's a different situation. But yeah. when you got you know, three different winners coming into the weekend, and then you get four different winners after five rounds. It's it certainly makes everything much more difficult. And talking with Wick right afterwards, he knew it. He's like, "Yeah, it was the heat races that I did that I sucked at." Yep. You know, he had he had two heat races. Well, you don't even you can't even count the drop weekend. So you you look at the or drop round. You look at his performance on Saturday at Newcastle and his pre-final, he finished, uh, I want to say seventh. So if, even if, if he would have finished in the top five, he that would have given him the championship. He was the championship. Wow. Uh, a couple little notes you have in here, David, I'll throw one out here. Uh, hard charge was Andy rule for magic cart up eight spots, 23rd to 15th. And that has an asterisk on it too, because there was a really bad wreck on uh, on Sunday during the pre-final with um, Justin White. Uh, I think Andy had to check up. A couple guys were having some trouble coming through turn number uh, four, which is the right-hander after the scoreboard corner. She checks up. Justin White drives over top of her, literally hammers her in the back of the neck, the arm, uh, her right arm, smashes her helmet into the steering wheel. We see on social media today, arm's going to be fine. It's like concussion. But she comes back. After that wreck, they dial the cart back in. She starts 23rd, ends up 15th. Shout out to Andy Rule, showing a little badass action, coming back in after a pretty bad wreck. Yeah, I was actually recording uh, at that time because we, it was right after the lunch break, so I had I had the opportunity to get back on track early as a, as the start happened. So I was sitting there in the scoreboard corner. I mean, they all just bunched up really hard. I think they were three wide going in bunched up really hard going into the apex coming out of the exit. And I think she said she got turned sideways and that's when Justin had nowhere to go and ran right over the top okay. of her. Um, 
But as they did, you know, Justin's cart uh, took the beating. I mean, it, it that thing flew and did a number of cartwheels. Thankfully, he jumped or got thrown out early yeah. as the cart was uh, getting tossed around. Uh, you know, what made it look scary was that the Nerf bar, Nerf bar flew off the cart and I think probably went up probably 10 stories high. Wow. Uh, so it just it, that that's what made it look, look so terrible. I thought because I was trying to watch through my phone that a cart actually hit one of the the, the green uh, canopy area that uh, the permanent uh, flag stand there. And so it was a little bit sketchy. I was like, what just happened? So, you know, ran over there to see. And thankfully, you know, none of that was the case. But uh, luckily, both drivers were uh, were able to walk away. You know, as you said, Annie concussion, she she posted that on social media. So thankfully, uh, she's all right. Uh, I no doubt that, you know, getting ran over like that's going to going to do something like that. I think they said the 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 um, uh, uh, the visor broke off. So it was such a such such a hard hit. So, yeah. Uh, we mentioned at the start of this that uh, AJ Myers essentially Mr. Newcastle. Let's talk, David, uh, at the cap this one off a little bit about uh, what he's actually been able to do in the competition at this racetrack. Yeah, looking back at all the results from uh, from the Summer Nationals or any Scusa Pro Tour event that's been at Newcastle, and AJ Myers has now earned his ninth and tenth victory at Newcastle wow. in shifter cart racing. Now that doesn't, I believe, he might have won a tag race before, but I didn't, I didn't look that far back. I couldn't. I didn't see his name on that list. So uh, I think he, I think that might've been USBKS that he won there, but uh, you know what, dating back to 2016, uh, AJ Myers has won 10 shifter cart races for Supercarts USA competition at Newcastle. All right, let's cap off this edition or this uh, segment and go to uh, KA 100 senior presented by Nash Motorsports. Here's your headline. Keeble, not just two more as Levy gains first championship. Yeah, it could have been Keeble getting the championship yeah. had he run in Orlando for the Winter Nationals, but it ended up Levy getting the championship. Uh, Saturday was a good battle. A lot of heated racing going on. You had Mick Gabriel setting fast time and qualifying. Henry Wheeler picking up the pre-final win. But Keeble, who had a little bit of an issue in qualifying, worked his way up into 11th in the pre-final. And then from there, just knifed his way up to the front, uh, was able to get with the lead group. He and Levy exchanged the top spot a couple of times with Wheeler and John Burke right there. Uh, I believe Gabriel went off with Con or was yeah, I think Gabriel had contact, so wasn't part of the lead group. So so he fell off that. Uh but last lap, Keeble was just uh able to uh to outbattle Levy for the top spot and drive away to uh to his second victory on the season in the category over Aiden Levy. Uh, Oliver Calvo jumped in. Uh, I think as they were fighting, they had another group join up and, and get in the battle. And one of them was Oliver Calvo, last year's double winner uh, with Speed Concept Racing on the Red Speed. So he rounded out the podium with um, Eli Warren getting up into fourth and John Burke ending up in fifth. Yeah, Warren was a, a, a factor throughout the weekend, too. Did a great job on the Red Speed. John Burke on the CRG, as you mentioned. Uh, Kane Martin on the EOS for Nash Motorsports, up 18 spots, your hard charger. 31st up into 13th. Um, three different people leading sessions on Saturday. Gabriel qualified pole, Wheeler on the pre-final, Keeble in the final. Uh, David, it was all Keeble on Sunday. Yeah, it was it was just the uh the British driver that uh, really showed his speed, got it got adjusted to the Newcastle reverse direction and uh certainly proved it sweeping the uh the event. 
it was him and Wheeler that kind of got away in early on in the main event. They kind of fought for third behind them a little bit. So that allowed the top two drivers to get away. And then right at the scale line, Wheeler was like, I just can't keep up with him. The guy, he was just too good. And Keeble was on his point, hit every mark the right way, yeah. was able to drive away to a 1.6 <clears throat> victory over Henry Wheeler. Indeed. Uh, Colin Lloyd uh, battled his way back up into it. He was in the middle of the championship fight as well and knew what he needed to do. He kept digging forward, but just came up short with it. Uh, we talked about uh, Kane Martin. He ended up in fourth place on Sunday ahead of McGabriel, who had an overall strong weekend. Uh, hard charge was John Burke. Remember, he finished uh, uh, fifth on Saturday, but had to come from deep in the field. Uh, had an issue in the pre-file that dropped him back. Uh, chain guard, I think, David. You got uh, down yeah, here. let me go. Let me go you over go. his story. Roll it up. So qualifying, <clears throat> opening lap gets run over. So the fairings destroyed. Probably the front end's all bent. He goes on to qualify 26, even Ugh. though he's got a bent up go kart. Fixes everything, so goes from 26th to 11th in the pre-final. Pretty good run. Unfortunately, he gets disqualified for missing a chain guard. So that drops him to the tail end of the field. So starts 33rd in the main event and works his way all the way up into 10th. So wow. essentially, he passed 15 carts in the pre-final and then passed 23 carts in the main event for a, a busy Sunday afternoon, all without a tent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They lost the tent in the in the uh, in the storm. Wow! So great job for John Burke and that CRG team, Tesoro, uh, Tesoro Cartworks. Good stuff. Uh, in the end, David, it kind of shook down that Aiden Levy was in the spot. Right, he knew what he needed to do come uh, come Sunday. Uh, although Colin Lloyd threw it down there and, and went to P three, Aiden able to come away with the championship for Cart Republican Team Tarp. Eighty eight points up on Lloyd Henry Wheeler with a really good weekend. Uh, with uh, where did he finish? Where did he finish on Saturday? Wheeler, I don't have it on yeah. here. Regardless, second on Sunday, he goes up to third. Uh, Keeble, as you said, on the strength of just only running two events, all he ran was uh, uh, the, the second two rounds, ends up only 147 points back. It would have been a, a pretty, you know, he would have been in the fight for sure for the championship, but he ends up fourth. All told, though, a, tr a tremendous run for Levy, showed good pace. At the Scusa Winter Series, that kind of convinced them to go racing the Pro Tour, and he ends up with the championship. Now we'll head off to school, uh, but the bottom line is, great job for Aiden. Yeah, racing with uh, Chad Dock and racing this weekend, yeah. but also part of the Team Tart program with working with Martin Pierce as well, and so working off Chad Dock as well too. So, uh, really cool uh, championship for him. But yeah, the Keeble story. That I mean, if he if he would have been in racing both in Orlando, that would have been. Made it for a, a little bit more of an interesting championship, but Lloyd, yeah, finished ended up finishing tenth uh, on Saturday, so that kind of hurt his championship hopes. And with Levy finishing second, that almost essentially helped get him the championship. Indeed, it did. All right, another break in the action. We get back. Our race report brought to you by Blaze Coaching will continue. We'll go to X thirty Junior, KA one hundred Junior, Master Shifter, and KA one hundred Master. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2023 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the brand new Tatus JR23. As the first step of the newly rebranded USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The USF Juniors champion will win a scholarship worth over $248,000 and the total prize fund will exceed $330,000. 
The series will also debut the new Tatus JR23 race car in 2023, which is a development version of the USF22 used in USF2000. It's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving on to the car racing ladder. Safety is always front and center in the mind of the series promoters, and the USF Juniors car features a halo, and the races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. Check out any major national karting event and what's the common thread? Speed Concepts Racing. Up front, in every class, every weekend. The Speed family has been at the forefront of American karting for over 25 years. And Speed Concepts Racing is the sole dedication of Father Mike Speed and his multi-time championship winning son, Alex Speed. This program is all about passion for the sport and a dedication to winning. They know how to get it done. If you're a senior driver ready to put yourself amongst the best in the country, Speed Concepts Racing is the program for you. We can win the big races. You just need to be in the seat. The Speed's program has delivered time over time in the junior classes as well, helping to elevate a long list of young drivers from mid-pack to potential race winners. Speed Concepts Racing has the perfect equation of coaching, driver development, and technical knowledge to elevate your program. Arrive and drive opportunities are available for the remainder of the 2023 season, and we're locking in seats for 2024 as well. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, contact Speed Concepts Racing through email at speedconceptsracing at gmail.com. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement, it's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. Factory Carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development, with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American Made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American Made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American Made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 115, as we're taking a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Summer Nationals, the final round of the 2023 Pro Tour. Uh, back into the race report here, brought to you by Blaze Coaching. We'll go to X30 Junior, presented by Rollison Performance Group. And David, here's your headline. Brown wins in debut as Rivera clinches crown with victory. Yeah, in our Paddock Insider, we were talking about one X30 junior driver. We probably should have been talking about another, but now True. we can because of his performance yeah. on, the, on the opening day of racing and his first ever race in X30 junior category. So Trevor Brown or Turner Brown was just fast. I mean, that's I mean, there's nothing more you can really say because Saturday set fast time in qualifying, 
won the pre-final. Him and Weldon got away in the main event, and it was uh, you know, a deciding factor between those two. And Brown was able to school him on the final circuit to be able to hold on to the top spot and drive away to a sweeping victory in his debut. Yeah, very emotional at the end as well. You captured that on our eCarding News uh, website or the, uh, the Facebook page, Instagram that we always do with those uh, uh, videos coming right out of the scales. Everybody was there. A lot of guys from different teams coming in to congratulate Turner Brown on that victory. Weldon did a tremendous job. That was a great battle out front. Uh, capping off the podium, Jackson Wolney, a really good run for Jackson. We saw him make his podium debut at the uh, Winter Nationals or rather the Winter Series uh, earlier this year. And he has continued to step things up as one of the top junior drivers. Uh, Max Taylor came home P4. And Sarah Bradley with a really good run on the red speed uh, for Speed Concepts Racing, capping off the top five. Sarah was really part of the battle throughout the entire weekend. Uh, Stephen Miller uh, ended up with the hard charger. Not a huge field, but started 13th. and was able to work his way up to sixth for Cart Republic. But on Sunday, things were interesting as well. Nick Eggleston was a driver really throughout the weekend, David. Uh, showed great pace. Ended up getting in a pretty nasty incident that we can touch on a little later on. But but Nick's qualified on the pole position to start the battle on Sunday. Yeah, and then something happened uh, to where he kind of got shuffled back uh, as the racing uh, went on. Um, ended up with uh, Max Taylor picking up the victory in the pre-final as Eggleston dropped down to eighth in that race. So again, a lot of jostling in the pre-final, which is something we were, we were expecting to see and expecting to see uh, in the main event and uh, ended up being that way with uh, Rivera and Harvick, uh, Keelan Harvick getting away. They were, it was kind of like a two by two by two set as we had Rivera and Harvick. Then you had Turner Brown and Stephen Miller in another group or duo. And then behind them, you had uh, um, uh, Weldon and Max Taylor. So it was, they all kind of spaced out pretty much evenly. And then, you know, you just got to figure it. The last lap, people start defending. They start changing position. Boom, last lap, all six right there together on the final circuit. And uh, Rivera did a great job, obviously used his experience as, uh, as probably the older driver uh, in the category, was able to, uh, to kind of to fend off all the challenges by Harvick and, and Miller there through the end and uh, was able to cross the line for what was his third victory of the season. Yeah, big win for sure, as you had said, David. Five-tenths of a second up on Miller. Brown ends up in third. Taylor fourth. Weldon was actually your hard charger. Started ninth. He worked his way up to P5. Uh, in the end, Rivera winning the championship by 49 points over Taylor and Woldy finishing in third spot. So RPG, one, two, three in the points. Yeah, and Rivero becomes the 13th different champion in 14 years of the Scusa Pro Tour in the junior category. Carson Morgan, the only driver to double up, winning in 2020 and 2021. And you got to expect Rivera, being this, of his age, will not be able to defend moving up if he does stay in karting uh, next year. Yeah, I think uh, Rivera, probably from what I'm being told, potentially heading to Europe for some F4 racing next year. So that could be yep. it for karting over here for Rivera. Uh, let's go to KA100 Junior, presented by Greyhound Racing Seats. And here's your headline. Malkit and Ardiles earned first a uh, career first with Miller taking the title. Yeah, this category again, the largest of the weekend with 47 drivers. So it was exciting to kind of watch. You had a lot of drivers who were expected to be in the mix. One of them, obviously, Ernesto Rivera being one of the older drivers and one of the quickest all season long, set fast time and qualifying. But Isaac Malkit, the uh who I'm calling the uh the king of the castle. Uh, because he just seems to do so well at Newcastle every time he's there. 
uh, winning the pre-final. And then it ended up being uh, him and Oliver Weldon that got away in the main event. So they were able to lock together, get away from the rest of the group. Uh, A great Weldon ascent. I think Weldon had the lead at the white flag. They came around the circuit. It was at the green corner, the left turn after the, after, after that little hill after scoreboard, Malkut kind of surprised Oliver. Uh, what he didn't defend and Malkut took the advantage, went to the inside, got to the apex first. And that was the winning move as, uh, Isaac was able to drive away to the victory and beat Weldon to the line for his first Scusa pro tour victory in K 100 junior. Yeah. Big victory for Malkut for sure. There that track, he essentially calls his home circuit. Weldon coming home in second. Max Taylor was strong in all the categories all weekend. He ended up in third ahead of Rivera and Miller. Miller, of course, the driver has kind of been one of the dominant factors in KA100 Junior this year. He was P5, logging good points again to try to get his way into a championship. Talk about which, Jackson. Oh, sorry. Yep, which he I did. Was, that was uh, that was the championship deciding move. That's uh, it. Finish. Yeah. He uh, locked it up Saturday. So uh, pretty much was running, uh, you know, conservative, but not conservative on Sunday. <laughs> Jackson Woldy was the hard charger up 31 spots after a DNF in the pre-final started 46th and drove his way up to 15th over the, uh, the 18 laps. So excellent job for Jackson Woldy, as I said, turning himself into one of the top junior drivers right now uh, on Sunday out of the gate. It was actually uh, Diego Ardiles, David laying down the fast time and qualifying. Yeah, I think the session was kind of marred with, you know, people trying to find the the, the right dancing partner. Yep. And with only five minutes uh, on track, you're getting, what, three laps, I think, is what they were I think it's uh, able enough. to clock in. And if you if you screw up one, we know momentum is key in K100 Junior. It kind of slows your pace. And I think Diego was able to catch everybody sleeping to be able to put down that fast lap and set the pace for qualifying. Uh, but Rivera came back through scoring crucial championship points to try and keep himself in the in the chase there in the championship podium. So that helped him. Uh, the the main event, however, only got two laps in before we had a red flag with uh, Nick's Eggleston. Uh, he was towards the back of the field. So something happened in the prefinal because he's had better pace than that, but uh, was involved in a multi-cart wreck, uh, complained about back issues. Uh, so they did did the uh, precautionary thing of making sure uh, they got him transported. Uh, He ended up checking out. Okay. And was back at the racetrack by podium time. So, uh, so good to hear that, uh, that Eggleston was able to bounce back. And he said, he joking, I jokingly said, you want to wrestle right now? He's like, no, (laughs) but I I go, I go, but you'll probably be in a cart next week. He goes, yeah, probably. Oh my goodness. His dad had posted uh, on the social media that nothing was broken, but he's going to be sore for a few days. So yeah, uh, Yeah. no doubt about it. And again, like we said on the broadcast, right? Anytime a driver's complaining of a potential, you know, pain in your back, you've got to take that seriously. Right. So even though he was fine, uh, and they, they, they got him and, and checked him out. Uh, you got got You got to err to the side of caution, right? Yeah. And they, that's what they did. So uh, it might've delayed things, but better to be safe than sorry. Agreed. Uh, so once the race got restarted, it was a, it was a busy opening few laps. Uh, a lot of different drivers taking over the lead. Uh, Weldon secured the lead late and held on. Uh, actually drove his way to the checkered flag first. Unfortunately, uh, eight seconds in penalty, one including contact and one for scrubbing tires after the commit, commitment cone. That dropped him all the way down to, I think it was 13th where he would end up. So took away the victory for him. Ouch. But that promoted uh, Diego Ardiles up to the top step of the podium for his first Scusa Pro Tour victory in the category. 
Max Taylor again on the podium. I said he was strong all, all told. He ended up finishing in second. How about the run for Christian Meyer as well on the on the Cart Republic? Really impressive for Kristen to work his way onto the podium. Yeah, his first Scusa Pro Tour podium, so a good run for him aboard the uh, the Chad Dockin Racing Cart Republic uh, with uh, Keegan Kaminsky, uh, a driver we see do really well on the West Coast. Finally got over kind of the hurdles and 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 the intricacies of Newcastle to uh, put himself in fourth aboard the GFC. And then Enzo Vidmancien, one of the leaders early on in the race, ended up in, in, in the fifth spot. Yeah, let's look at the hard charger, David. Stephen Miller, we talked about the fact that he locked the championship in provisionally on Saturday with his top five performance, but ended up having an issue. I'm not sure what... what, what Engine what change. Engine, Engine change. There you go. So he started 47th, dead last, drives his way all the way up to P4, and I'm assuming penalties potentially knocking him down to, to 12th. It was an amazing drive to work his way all the way to 4th. Yeah, so still hard charger with 35 spots, but could have been more if it had not been for uh, the penalties. I believe one of them, yeah, uh, contact, so five-second penalty for that. Uh, that is the only penalty I see for him on that. No no pushback on that one, too? Uh, no, is no is a number. Number did not show up on pushback. All right, there you go. All right. <laughs> Little contact. Well, listen, when you get your way to the front like that, sometimes you have your elbows up for sure. The bottom line is, is that, uh, as we had said before, provisionally the champion on Saturday, he ends up, uh, Stephen Miller does, with the title in KA100 uh, over Max Taylor by 188 points and Ernesto Rivera by 218 points. So those three drivers really have been kind of the class of the field throughout the year here as being guys you would expect to be up front all to, all the time. Rivera, as we said, likely heading off. To, uh, to to Europe to do some F4 racing. Max Taylor, as we know, uh, could move to some senior karting. I think he'll do some of that later this year, but he's been driving in USF Juniors, and uh, we're not quite sure where. Stephen Miller's going to be in 2024. We'll find that out as we head into the offseason. Uh, David, let's go to Master Shifter. Ten drivers in total, as we had said. The category brought to you by International Motorsports, and here's your headline. Crow doubles up at home track. The Crow Show, doing what he does. You didn't just call it the Crow Show? No. (laughs) I I wanted to use it, and now you just ruined it. I did not ruin it. What are you talking about? The Crow Show, going down to Podiumville. (laughs) Yep, Crow, uh, something about Newcastle and the Crow and factory carts, and anytime he's with Musgrave Racing, and just, uh, it's a good combination. And uh, he's very tough to beat, even though he is a uh, super master driver. He's very tough to beat, uh, the, and the young guns couldn't quite get by him. But it was a great race on Saturday. You had, uh, for a while, it was Joe Rook there. He, he won the uh, the prefinal, but uh, Spun Gear dropped him out of the race uh, yeah. towards the end of the race or towards the end <clears throat> of the main event. So essentially left Justin Kelly, last year's winner, and former Scusa Pro Moto Tour winner probably, AJ mm-hmm. No. Yeah, so another winner too. Yeah, there you go. I forgot about that. That's right. Uh, so they were the top three drivers towards the end. Now who I jokingly messed around with last year was you're playing too nice. Well, he didn't this time. He made a great move, caught Crow by surprise in one of the corners, took over the lead. Kelly came through, but Crow went right back, got back up into the lead. And then on the last lap, just made his cart just that extra little bit wide. Somehow he does it. I don't know how. But uh, neither Kelly nor now were able to get around as Crow took a victory by two tenths of a second at the line. Yeah, big victory for Factory Card as well. They've won. They've won a bunch of races, a couple of races at least on the Pro Tour this year. So indeed, uh, John Crow on that Factory Card getting the win. Uh, Michael Guash ended up finishing in fourth spot, and Chris Jennings, you had mentioned earlier, back here on the 
uh, Pro Tour finishing in fifth on the Magic card. He did, he was the hard charger as well from 10th up into fifth. Uh, the Crow Show continued 100% through to Sunday as he topped all three sessions. Yeah, we were expecting to see another great main event. Unfortunately, Crow was able to get away early uh, as uh, Larry Pegram was running second. So kind of s- not really slowing him up, but nobody could get around him. Uh, he had good pace, just wasn't able to keep it uh, all the way up into uh, the first half of the race, kind of fell off a little bit towards the end. Uh, by the time Joe Ruck and jo- Justin Kelly and AJ now got around, Crow had already picked up a, a two second advantage and pretty much held it on uh, for the remainder of the race. And uh, Crow picking up what is his sixth win at Newcastle in Supercard USA competition. Wow, he's been the man for sure. Crow winning by 2.1 seconds. Rook in second on the Marinello, as was Justin Kelly in third. Now it ended up finishing in a fourth spot. Larry Pegram uh, rounding out the top five. Uh, Rook was the uh, hard charger, up seven spots, started ninth, ended up in second. It was an up-and-down weekend for Joe. I, I talked to some of the issues that he had. You mentioned the, the spun rear gear on Saturday. There's some issues here and there. Uh, drivers running the entire program or the ones that came away with the championship, Luis Quiones, who was uh, so good in Utah on that factory card, ends up winning the championship, the first national championship for factory cart, winning the title here in the master shifter class. The last year's, uh, national number one plate, uh, winner, Robert Fiege finishing in second and Michael Gouache on the Marinello rounding out the top three in the championship battle. Good. Just, just good to see. Uh, more growth than Master Shifter, a couple more guys coming out. Ideally, we'll see this category get up to that, you know, that, that 15, 16 mark, even more maybe next year. Yeah, hopefully we will. You know, it's uh, I think now that we have the engine packages kind of more defined on yeah. on what we can use and how we can u- utilize them. Obviously, Crow on the IME 175, uh, Kelly. Rook and now all on KZs. I think there might have been one. I think Luis was on a uh, 175, 175 as well. Yeah, too. Yeah. So it, well. I think, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. interesting to see them the mix, how that mixture works in Master Shifter because, again, they all pretty much are even uh, when it comes to Master Racing. Agreed. Let's go to, uh, especially speaking of Masters, go to KA100 Master brought to you by Aspen Fuel. Here's the headline Vetter and Settles win in class return to Pro Tour. Nobody really cares about this class. Dude. Easy now. <laughs> uh, Clay Settles, who I, I finally put together where I knew him from. But uh, I, I, during throughout the weekend, it was like, who is this guy? Local guy thinking. But uh, I think he actually came from Texas at one point. So, uh, But uh, is a uh, KRA racer here at Newcastle, was able to take advantage of the category coming back to the Scusa Pro Tour and being at the Summer Nationals. He went on to uh, set fast time in qualifying and win the pre-final. Was the provisional winner in the main event. However, a penalty for scrubbing tires prior to the commitment cone for him took away the victory that promoted uh, Pistol Pete Vetter into the top spot of the podium. But the scrubbing tires also cost Adam Pettit, who I believe was second or third on racetrack, ended up in the fourth spot. So he also got penalized as well. Uh, that promoted Adam Roberts aboard the Marinello to the position. Uh, the penalty drop settles the third, Pettit to fourth, and some guy named Howden in fifth. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they were scrubbing their tires, I was kind of like, what are you guys doing? Because <laughs> I was, I started well, right behind them. I'm like, guys. Again, all, all these programs have different rules. 
it's tough to keep up with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I literally, I go to all these races. I didn't realize that, you know, yeah. you, because again, you're offline. You want to at least try and get the tires warm, but I guess, I guess they have a rule and I guess they're enforcing it. So. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. But Settle did a good job. Uh, again, a local driver there that runs mm-hmm. a 206 category uh, at uh, KRA races at Newcastle. Uh, again, it, it was kind of like Vetter and Settles and Pettit were the fast guys throughout the, you know, practice uh, Thursday and Friday practice. Um, Adam Roberts, who's been who's back in the seat, having been out of karting for about 17 years, uh, Air Force veteran, got him back into it. He's been doing some racing, he actually ran at the Stars Championship race, he told me, in the OKN class. Uh, but he's super psyched to get back out. He was one of the guys that, you know, kind of jumped on board here when I when I did a little bit of work to try to get KA Masters back on the grid uh, on the on the schedule for this weekend. And Adam, great guy, was just picking up speed throughout the all-day Friday and then obviously became, you know, you'll see that he kind of stepped up and was fighting out with everybody on, to get on the podium. He ends up with the hard charge award, started last. I think he had an issue or I don't know if an issue or something happened in, in the pre-final where he ended up I think he got sideways or got turned around. Whatever was it was. Con- I think it was contact with Gerstner, I think okay. it was. He ended up finishing yeah. the tail of the field in that one, mm-hmm. came back up and finished yep. second uh, there. And, and indeed, yeah, so Settles, who had, who, yeah, it's a sad deal because he, he won. It was super excited. Thankfully, he was able to come back and kind of get the retribution, having the win the next day. Um, yeah, so Vetter comes out of the gate, puts qual- a good qualifying lap down on Sunday. But, uh, but Clay stepped up again, and, and I think he really was the kind of guy to beat all weekend long. You know, Noah, with, with that home track knowledge uh, on the top cart, getting comfortable with the, with the, with the Comet KA. He was, he was strong and the guy to beat all weekend. Yeah, he certainly was, uh, just a uh, good pace all around from, you know, maybe cold tires. He might've needed a little help. I think better. And, and, uh, and Roberts got him, uh, early in the main event, but then settles, settled down yep. and, uh, was able to pick them both off and, and really, uh, you know, putting really good laps at the end of the race and, 2.5 seconds was the margin of victory over Roberts at the checkered flag. Yeah, Adam and 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 Pete told me they had a really good battle for second and third. I was embroiled in a fight with Alfonso Santiago, uh, and Tom Gerson was behind us as well. And uh, I was I, I had passed. I was able to get by Alfonso twice on Saturday with moves at the end of the straightaway, uh, and and got that done and was able to uh, to hold on to P5. But uh, let's just say I was getting a little bit tired, a little bit out of physical gas come <laughs> come Sunday at the main event. I was good for the nine lap pre final, but man. Halfway through in the second half, he was hounding me, and uh, I dropped the wheel here and there. I think I dropped the wheel coming out of one, and and I was blocking to the inside. He made a did a, just a really good over under on me. I didn't get the cart pinched enough around the corner when I was you know running the defensive was, line. He got it was he, a good move. He got by me, and I just at that point I really I did through everything I could to try to get back by and couldn't do it. So I ended up finishing fifth both days. Not too unhappy with it all told. Uh, felt pretty good for me. Uh, other notes, of course, from Sunday we saw that you know. Clay Settles dialed things in good late race pace. We didn't see Adam Pettit. We talked about that early. He was uh, he was kind of f- focusing on on Travis's racing. Bottom line was it was just good racing. We're all having a good time on track. We're all high fiving each other afterwards. And when it was all said and done, uh, sixty eight years old Tom Gerstner, who came out to run with us, he ran all you know ran both the, the spring national, the, the winter nationals, and the summer nationals. There was no class at the at the, at the spring nats. So Gerster ends up with the championship over Mike Garrido, um, uh, Michelle Garrido rather, who was very quick uh, at the at the Winter Nationals by 84 points, and then Clay Settles ends up in third based on what he was able to do uh, here at, at Newcastle. All told, a big shout out to Tom Gerstner, uh, 68 years young, and always a pleasure to run with Tom. 
Yeah, it's uh, it was uh, it was cool to watch, but yeah, that was a great move by Santiago. Yeah, uh, yeah, school on me there. Yeah, I guess good over under. I was out of gas. <laughs> 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 out of gas. Was and it seemed like. I seem like Vetter lost pace as well too. I think the track got a little greasy than uh, than what it was. Um, you know, obviously having no rain, you know, maybe uh, you know the the conditions were a lot different Sunday afternoon than Saturday afternoon. I'll say this: I didn't take any hardware home, but I got a fantastic KA one hundred bruise on my right elbow. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's massive. It's pretty cool. It's huge. It it's huge. Cool. It's funny. Uh, all right, let's go to another break in the action, folks. When we get back, we're going to cap off the race report. We'll go mini Swift and micro Swift after this. Have you suffered through the foul tasting or super sugary alternatives for endurance energy supplements? Do you feel like you don't get enough energy or not fast enough? Does everything you've tried taste synthetic and artificial? Carding puts extreme demands on your body and in particular during hot days and weekends, with multiple heats and long main events. So at Titanium Sports Nutrition, we hear you. We make great-tasting, clinically proven energy supplements for the most intense sport challenges using superfoods sourced straight from the Andes Mountains in South America and the Amazon rainforest. Our proprietary carbohydrate mix that we use in all our products is proven to deliver up to 75% more energy compared to brands that use glucose alone as their sole carb energy source and also absorbs two times faster from the gut into the bloodstream. What this means is that you'll feel energized faster and longer with titanium and you'll sustain your physical performance. Go to Amazon or to our online store at titaniumstore.co to order online. That's titaniumstore.co. Use the promo code eCarding15 in our online store to get 15% off your first order. That's eCarding15. With titanium, feel energized and satiated for hours with the power of superfoods from the Amazon and the Andes. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perilin USA is North America's source for Perilin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, 
and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Welcome back to the EK Debrief. Uh, almost done here with our race report brought to you by Blaze Coaching. We'll jump into Mini Swift presented by Avinco Tires. Here's your headline. Romero and Pettit split first career wins as Palacio gains championship. Yeah, the Mini Swift category is fun to watch. It's uh, a lot of good drivers, especially this season, that we've been following along uh, throughout the Scusa Winter Series and now the, the, throughout the Scusa Pro Tour. Uh, one of them being Rocco Simone, the, uh, the mini rookie was able to set fast time in qualifying, uh, with Travis Pettit winning what was a wild pre-final. A lot of, I think there was about 15 drivers in the lead pack in that one. It was certainly, uh, an interesting, uh, race as, as there was a lot of heavy fighting throughout the day. Uh, Romero was, uh, Marco Romero was actually able to get away late in what was, you know, a lot of jostling for position in the main event. A lot of different leaders, uh, but Romero took advantage of what was given to him, took the lead and and had a lot of distance on the rest of the field. So he was able to drive away to a 5.1 second margin of victory for his first Scusa Pro Tour victory. Yeah, shout uh, out for him. Good job. Yeah, Michael McGoy was the driver finishing in second, but was given a five second penalty for contact. Uh, that So that dropped him down to the fifth position. That move, Alessandro Truchot with Parolin USA up into the second spot. Gabriel Balog, the Canadian, finishing third on Magic Kart with Royce Vega in the fourth position. Yeah, Balog was the uh, card charger as well, David, from uh, from third, as you said, started back in the 19th spot. So good job for Gabriel on the Magic to work his way forward. Uh, big first win for Marco Romero. But we had the same thing essentially happen on Sunday. Uh, we talked about Adam uh, Pettit watching his kid, uh, Travis, uh, from the sidelines when he uh, – when he had that win in the pre-final, then of course the, the disappointment of what happened in the main, he decided not to run. He was going to focus on Travis uh, out of the gate though. Troy Ferguson was the fastest driver in qualifying, although Pettit stepped up again for another pre-final victory. Yeah. It was actually those two drivers who made contact uh, with two laps to go in Saturday's main event. So uh, they were right there in the hunt for the victory, but uh, unfortunately contact took both of them out of the race. So, so they bounced back great. As you said, with Ferguson qualifying first and then Pettit winning the pre-final. Well, Pettit got assistance with his uh, Trinity Cardian Group, Cart Republic teammate, Lucas Palacio, uh, one of the championship contenders coming into the weekend. Uh, they were able to hook up their bumpers and push away from the rest of the field. So they essentially decided the the, uh, the victory on the day. Uh, Pettit was leading, or I'm sorry, Palacio was leading. Pettit was able to get uh, make a move on the last lap and uh, fend off Pettit, who made a look but didn't force it because again, big picture championship in looking ahead. So Pettit was able to hold him off and able to claim his first victory uh, by 86 thousandths of a second at the line. Yeah. I watched the last couple of laps. Of course we were on the track next. So I was kind of just sitting there waiting and watching it and it looked to me like Woon and McGoy, they were working hard to try to see if they couldn't close in a little bit there. It wasn't a big gap between the two groups, the two duos that were running together. But again, the, the two, uh, the, yeah. the two uh, Trinity Cardi group drivers really ran strongly together, didn't race, didn't battle, didn't allow uh, Woon and uh, McGoy and, and Woon to close back up. In the end, Woon was able to slip past McGoy in the final corner to take the third spot. But yeah, I need a big win for Pettit. 86 thousands at the line over Palacio, who would use that finish to get the championship over Marco Romero, who again put himself back into the fight. 
with that win on Saturday. So everything was super tight still in the, in the mini category. Uh, but in the end, like I said, David Palacio uh, ends up finishing second, Pettit with the win, Woon, McGoy, and Tobo rounding out the top five. Um, so the championship was, yeah, 14 points all told. Pettit, even with that win, only 45 point back. So very, very close in the points championship. Yeah, this was tight coming into the weekend. I mean, it was only, what, 65 points separating – Actually, sixty-five, yeah, sixty-five points separating the top five. Well, Tristan Murphy didn't end up racing, so that made it four drivers within that mark. And Romero, who ended up, was leading the championship coming into the in the weekend, leading after his victory on Saturday, but a twenty-second in the pre-final and a twenty-first uh, in the final on Sunday, just with not enough points to be able to contend. Uh, you know, probably yeah, needed to finish within the top five to even come close to. Uh, to trying and and taking the uh, the title, shout out to Bronson Kutsis on Kutsis uh, rather on the energy up at 18 spots or hard charger 29th to 11th. But one thing just to cap things off here, David, with the mini swift class, we've been watching Lucas Palacio over the last couple of years, right? Coming in as a, a really young driver in the micro category, uh, was able to get a podium, I believe, in Scusa competition. Just nine years of age to win this championship in the mini swift class. You think about that; he's a mini right now, and he's three years from being able to essentially run in a junior category. So this kid could, could win a couple of championships here before he moves up. Yeah. Hopefully he has a growth spurt as well too. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's good. It, you know, as much as we talked about Harvick being able to fit in one uh, full size cart, it'd be, it's going to be tough to get Palacio in one if he doesn't uh, get a couple inches in there. But yeah, the uh, very calculated driver again, yeah. you know, calm, collected, uh, just knows where to uh, to make the right moves and and keep it clean and 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 get himself forward. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know how he does next year. You know with a championship already under his belt uh, and if he's able to just you know essentially take his driving to the next level, be more dominant and and put himself you know in the lead every single race. Yeah, that. exactly that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Micro Swift right now, presented by Sony Kart Racing USA. We'll, we'll cap off uh, things here for the race report. Here's the headline for Micro Swift. Macha secures title with victory as Garciarsis earns second win of season. You know, the micro division was really good this weekend. We had a lot of drivers kind of shuffling it up at the front. Uh, you know, the, I think the progression as of the year, some of these kids are getting a little bit quicker, a little bit more confident. So it's great to see uh, a lot of battling for the victory because that's what it was. Uh, we had. Uh, Liam, ne- I can never say Nachawadi. Nachawadi. Thank you. Nachawadi, yeah. uh, top qualifier, Maxwell Macha coming in as the championship leader, winning the pre-final. He was among the many drivers that were in the in the group for uh, the lead pack on the last lap. Macha able to get his way up to the front and uh, and cross the line first by 97 thousandths ahead of Josh Bergman. So Sodicart one to finish. Uh, uh, Grayson Walcott. Ended up finishing third, so I think this is his first Scusa Pro, Pro Tour podium as well. So, yeah, he uh, was he, he was a, a, a kind of a, a new arrival. Let's put it this way to the top yeah. five, right? He was kind of in the fight all weekend long, so a good breakthrough weekend for Grayson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colton Schneegenberg on the energy in fourth, and then Zane or yes, Burgess. Zane Burgess. Uh, so Sodicart three in the top five. Yeah, they were running one, two, three at a time. Zane Burgess, I want to say he qualified on the front row for the main event. He was at the start of the Saturday event, if I recall, Zane got spun around going into turn one. 
on the very start, right? And did a 360 and continued on. There was a bunch of chaos behind them, but Zane was able to fight back for P5, having fallen deeper. Might have been even outside the top 10, but a great job for oh, Zane yeah. to come back. Remember that spin ten, in, in turn one? Lap 10, fell back to seventh, got himself up in the fifth. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a hard charger was Garcia says on the parallel up 14 spots after a pre-final wreck. He starts 22nd and ends up in eighth. A uh, little shakeup, though, on Sunday morning. Asher Ferris laid down the fast lap of the race. That uh, took people off guard. Good good lap there for Asher. Yeah, I don't think Asher actually ran on Saturday. He didn't, he didn't run on Saturday, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so kind of came in with, I don't know if they had, you know, new tires or what, but he was able to, to utilize a qualifying session to his advantage. Started on the main, on the front row for the pre-final, but uh, just kind of kept slipping away uh, as the racing went on. Obviously, not having a full days of, of racing experience under his belt. So uh, certainly slipped his way. I think he ended up finishing yep, 13th in the main event. Okay, there you go. Uh, but, uh, but Maxwell Macha was, uh, came, came away with a pre-final win. And again, a great battle all race long with these micro drivers, a lot of different lead changes. Uh, in the end, it, again, it was a last lap move with uh, Juan Diego Garciaris leading only the last lap, was able to put himself uh, into the lead. Uh, with a few corners remaining. And, uh, you know, they, they said on social media, he was in a wreck on, on Saturday in the pre-final and then won the main event on Sunday. So certainly an up and down weekend right. for, uh, for Garciaris to pick up his first Scusa Pro Tour victory or second, meant, sorry, yeah. second Pro Tour victory. Yeah. And they mentioned how Grayson Walcott breakthrough weekend, no doubt about it. Second place in, on Friday or rather on Sunday in the final matcha ends up third to win the championship. It was close in the championship battle, but to his uh, third position got the job done. Although he, I think was a, a provisional winner on Saturday as well. Yes. Provisional. Yep. Yeah. So here you had it locked. Uh, 121 points end up being the gap between Macha and, and Garcia says, uh, first and second in points. Bergman makes it two Sodi car drivers in the top three in the championship points. Bergman finished fourth, uh, on Sunday, Liam Nachawadi on the, uh, Pearland was P five. He also was the hard charger. He had started 15th after some contact on the last lap of the pre-final. He works his way to fifth on Sunday. That caps off the uh, race report brought to you by Blaze Coaching. One more break, folks. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll look at the uh, Constructors' Championship for both the weekend's races and the overall titles. And we'll look at our EKN trackside live race calendar as well. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlson Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. 
For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. One need only look at his team, Leading Edge Motorsports. He's always built engines for his team, and the results have been wins at the biggest races in America, the Scusa Super Nationals and the Rock Vegas events. The name on this program, Mega Power. This year alone, Bell and Danny Formell teamed up to sweep the Rock Shifter class on the Florida Winter Tour, all on a Mega Power engine. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IME Shifter, but with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. The combination of Greg Bell's engine building skills and his chassis tuning knowledge is a potent mixture. Greg's helped catapult many drivers to wins over the years, including Mercedes F1 star George Russell, who won the Super Nats 14 in 2011 with Leading Edge Motorsports. Increase your odds of winning at this year's Rock Vegas or Super National events or throughout 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork it has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With four cycle racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in Briggs and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental kart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental kart fleet. CRG Nordan has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, time to cap off this edition of the EKN Debrief, episode 115. We'll wrap up our review of the Supercarts USA Summer Nationals from Newcastle Motorsports Park, the final round of the Pro Tour for 2023. My name is Rob Howden, joined, of course, by David Cole. David, let's wrap things up. There have been a lot of races uh, over the years in Pro Tour. We didn't have any red flags. 
There were a couple on this one here, three red, red flags all told. All the drivers, though, checked out with no major injuries. Yeah, that was the major positive of the weekend was no major injuries after the three red flags we did have. Uh, the micro swift one that we talked just talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, the, the pro shifter red flag in the pre-final on Sunday with Annie rule and Justin white. And then the one in K 100 junior in the main event on Sunday with Nick's Eggleston coming back and with a sore back. So, uh, that's, that's a good positive thing, even though we did have those red flags, which we don't want to see, uh, everybody was okay. Pretty nasty weather to a certain extent. We had some blue skies on Sunday, but we had that crazy storm coming through on uh, on uh, on Friday night that really wreaked havoc a, a little bit. And to be honest, it's I don't think it really should come as any surprise. Like we, you can get rain coming through. It's you know it's hot, humid Indiana summers. Sometimes we get horrible rain. It's it's we've had damage in the paddock before as well. It's it's a tough one for sure. It just it just kind of you know the nature of the the weather in Indiana in the summer. It's July in Newcastle. I mean, it's just it just sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it just sucks sometimes. <laughs> I mean, because now you know the 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 humidity's gone. Now you know I'm in Michigan, so it's only four hours away. So we get essentially the same type of weather, but it just some reason we just caught it at the bad time. Because like I kept telling everybody there in the paddock who don't live in the area, it it hasn't been this bad all summer long, and it yeah. just happened to be uh, this weekend while we were at Newcastle, where there's no shade, there's and there. Most of the time there was no wind, but when there was wind, it at least helped cool the uh, cool the bodies down for the humidity. Let's let's be real. Sometimes you're going to get lucky with weather. Sometimes you're not. I remember That's being. At, I was at I was at a uh, uh, the Texas PKC race at Amarillo a couple of years ago, where I was mm-hmm. announcing outside. I was under an easy up, but it was 106 yeah. degrees. Literally the day I left on Monday, it was 85. Right, and then we did yeah. the then we did the weekend the other one. I did the Track Magic uh, Rally last year up at Prairie City. It was 114 degrees on Thursday and fell down to like 90 something, low 90s, I think it was on the weekend when we were racing. So sometimes you're lucky, <laughs> sometimes you're not, right? So it it's is kind of like racing. That's it. Very true. Uh, speaking of racing, I, I, personally, I think, man, there was just some great racing in all the categories. I, I mentioned at the very top how good the battling was in the Master Shifter class. We saw some tremendous racing, I think, in the Pro Shifters. Uh, all I think all across the board, and you mentioned at the end of the last race report section how good the micro racing was, too. It was just, I, I love Newcastle for that. There are so many places to overtake. It still is hard to put down a good lap. So I just think there's so much a part of the equation that just makes this place just really raceable. Yeah, out of the 18 main events we had, I think we only had like four that were, you know, not within a, you know, a second of the top two drivers finishing. So, yeah. you know, you had, unfortunately, AJ Myers dominated things in pro shifter and we had Harley Keeble with uh, a dominating performance on Sunday and K 100 junior. And then I think tourney on Saturday in X 30 pro or X 30 senior. I think those were only four really kind of standout breakaway wins that we had. The rest were all went down to the wire. Yeah. I know I was involved in a couple of great races too. It's just, it's just a fun place to race. Let's let's speaking of races, let's have a look at the constructors championship. Uh, 10 brands, David, winning all told over the 18 uh, events on the weekend. Let's have a look at who was able to, to walk away, which brands uh, scored victory at the Summer Nationals. Well, we had three chassis brands with three victories of their own. Cart Republic, Sodi Cart, and Cosmic winning three on the weekend. Factory Cart and Magic Cart picking up two each. Uh, John Crow taking the Factory Carts and AJ Myers picking up the Magic Cart victories. And then one across the board for Red Speed, Gillard, Top Cart, Bennick, and Perlin. 
And interesting, when we go a little deeper into it and look at the actual titles, the, the championships themselves, six different brands uh, uh, winning uh, or splitting the, the, the nine championships on this year's Scusa Pro Tour. Yeah, Cart Republic going big. Uh, four championships wow. for them with uh, Turney, Levy. Uh, what am I missing? Oh, Stephen uh, Miller and uh, Palacio. and uh, Palacio. So yeah. uh, a big, big, big performance for them. So uh, kind of a standout season for Cart Republic brand here in the USA. Uh, Brill Art, Cosmic, Sodi Cart, Factory Cart, and Magic Cart all picking up championships of their own. Uh, so again, a good, a good, uh, diversity there aside from the four with cart Republic, but, uh, uh, again, six out of nine, that's, uh, that's good to have a good diversity. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, again, cart Republic has become one of the major players, no doubt about it in national level racing here in the U S that is for sure. Let's wrap things up with the EK and trackside live race calendar presented today by MG tires. No matter your compound preference, MG tires, USA has you covered. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Card Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Cardi Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the super soft green SS, or the intermediate white IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. MG Tires for the drivers. All right, David, looking at these uh, couple of races you've got lined up here, it's interesting because th these are all you. Uh, I don't. I think my next trackside event is mid-September when we head back to Newcastle for the uh, race Rotax U.S. Trophy Final. You've got a couple coming up here uh, to cap off August and uh, start September. Yeah, the United States Pro Kart Series will host its fourth round of the 2023 championship for heading for the first time to the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Batavia, Ohio. So uh, a lot of people are going to be making their first visit if they don't test already uh, to the MCC facility. It'd be all, my first time there. I know it's been on the bucket list for yeah. a long time. Sean Bailiff jealous. has been hounding and hounding <laughs> us to get down there. So uh, now since it's within driving distance, I'll probably bring my gear in case I can jump in a cart. We'll uh, make that happen. So uh, we'll, we'll do that. Even if it's a rental, I already talked to with uh, with Finnegan and Gavin. He goes, we got rentals. We can pop you in. So, perfect, uh, perfect, perfect. so we'll be doing that. So it'll be interesting. We we just saw on Instagram yesterday and today they're they're actually paid. They just put down cement to uh, to do a pre grid section. So everybody that uh, is waiting to get onto the grid area will have an area. So they'll have an actual pre grid area. Not don't think it's going to be covered. Well, we'll wait and see. Maybe uh, they'll surprise us and have have some covering built up uh, before we get there. But at least a, a, an area. Uh, in the paddock area, which is looks to be amazing, it's expanded. Lots of room. Going to have uh, probably, you know, well over 200 entries again for the weekend. Uh, and the surface sur uh, recently repaved as well. I believe uh, at the was it at the end of last year or early this year? Can't remember. Okay. I think I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm busy think, looking. At, I'm busy looking at that Instagram thing you just talked about. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. This track looks. This place looks so cool. Yeah, and they're they're continuing to make yeah. it better and better and better. So uh, really looking forward to. So we'll have, you know, once we get down there, we'll have a full kind of you know paddock insider of yeah. exactly what they've done. That's amazing. Uh, and and you know the, all the hours that they put into uh, to making it ready for this race. Would you expect anything else from the bailiffs? No, never. Class acts start to finish. Yeah, fantastic. Without awesome. without a doubt. Yeah, but, yeah so looking no forward to uh, to getting down there, seeing their home. 
uh, and then seeing firsthand how the track races. And, you know, we talked with Nate Dean, uh, you know, our colleague, he, he, he likes that facility. He was down there for the cup carts race. So, uh, with that was with the Briggs. So it'll be, uh, we'll see firsthand with, uh, shifter carts and all the IME categories yep. uh, for USBKS. So after that weekend, David, you're home for a couple of days and you're back on the road for yet another trip. You know, for the, for the longest time there, I, I'd been to way more Rock Islands than you. But I think you, you, I, I'm not sure when you surpassed me, but what, what for you, the, the Rock Island Grand Prix, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on Labor Day weekend, September 2nd to 3rd. What is this for you for a, a, a badass cool street race? Well, it's it's a second home next to Newcastle. <laughs> um, what number is this for you? This you know? is I'm, I'm I'm doing the math right now. This will be my 19th time. Wow! So I think I think it? I did I think I did 14 or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, right? 13 or 14. When did you when did you first start going? I think my sure. first one was 98. 98. 98. So yeah, I think it was 98. Went or maybe to... 99. Maybe 99. Okay. Either, and I went to okay. at least 12 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. So I think you stopped in, was it 2016 that you stopped? So I may be at 16 or 17 too then. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're up there, but I got you beat. Yeah. You got me beat. I got you. So let's talk about it. Back to the rock. And, I, and I've raced there more than you as well too. I, how many times did you race there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Oh, you just kicked my ass. Yeah. I think I'm yeah. at, I think I'm six or seven. Well, plus I have better results than you too. You do not two, have better got, results than me. <laughs> What's your best result there? There's no way. I know. My best result is fourth. I know. you. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, no. I, I, oh, I did finish third one. No, I, no, I finished I fourth. You... I finished fourth that year, too. What? Oh, I thought uh, you were third. No, I think Jeff Scott and and uh, uh, Jasperson got me. Okay. You talk about the event. I'm going to look this up. Hold on. <laughs> uh, indeed. The Rock Island Grand Prix, folks. Uh, a fant- it's a fantastic street race. If you've never done it, it's a bucket list race. The atmosphere is super cool, relaxed. There's a couple of great restaurants in town. Um, it, the hotel's right there. It's just a really cool event to go to. I've talked to a lot of people that, have, that haven't done it yet. In fact, I was talking to a couple other guys that were like, I really got to do that race. I'm like, well, if you don't want to haul all your stuff out, hook up with Margay, get in the Ignite program, do their arrive and drive. You fly in. Everything's there for you. Your cart's all there. Do the arrive and drive for Margay Ignite at Rock Island. If it's something you've, if you've never done it before, it's such a great race to do for sure. If, yeah. You did. You did finish fourth. I did finish fourth. Yeah. They got me in the last lap. Again, yeah, Jab, at least Jasper, I, Jab, Jasperson and Scott both. Got yeah. Me. They both drafted by me because I didn't block like I did on Santiago at uh, <laughs> Alfonso uh, this past weekend. <laughs> I thought I was fine. I roll into turn one. I qualified off pole with Tony Nielsen. We had the right gear no. on. I was going to, Oh man, I thought I had it rock and roll, but, Oh, that Al was Cram, hey Al Cram was 71 that year because right, he ran Cram. number 71, he finished did. seventh. Yeah, one of the legends of Rock Island for sure. No, that's again, at least at least I've driven a shifter there. You haven't. Uh yeah, and I've I've toyed with that idea. I have. I have really you? have. Oh, yeah. Um I need more seat time. I need more seat time to be able to do that. I drove a shifter, I think, at least twice there, maybe three you, times. You, yeah, but that was what, 2003, 2004? I was not 54. Yeah. I think I was 34 back okay. then. That's right. Yeah, see, I'm 44. So it's, yeah, it's a little different. It is. All right, folks, there, there's your ECAD trackside live race calendar. David Cole's <laughs> going to the USBKS race August 25th to the 27th at Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Follow up back up with another trip to the Rock Island Grand Prix. If you haven't been there before, make sure you get it done. It's a bucket list race, I'm telling you. David, that wraps things up for this edition of the debrief as we uh, went deep on the Supercarts USA. 
uh, Summer Nationals. Any other final thoughts, or do we wrap this one up? Yeah, Supercarts USA done with their championship 14th season, 15th coming up in 2024. Should be interesting because it's going to be different. I, what is it? May, June, July is their schedule. Something like uh, that, yeah. yeah, so it's it's going to be bam, bam, bam with that. Um, interesting, different, unique take on it. So uh, going into the 15th season. But of course, Supercarts USA Pro Tour or Supercarts USA Super Nationals 26 before that when the, in November. That's it. Focusing on that one, folks. Less than 100 days from the Super Nationals. Uh, hopefully everybody will be there. It's going to be a big one. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Debrief, folks. We do appreciate it. Great weekend at Newcastle for the Supercarts USA Summer Nats. Wrapping up the 14th edition, as David said, of the Pro Tour. Thank you so much for, again, tuning into this one, folks, and all of our podcasts. Lots more to come. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>